Look at my butt. Show number 243 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Listeners, hey, listeners, it's us. We're back to talk about stuff, what we've been watching. Yes. Because there's so much of it. There is so much. Wait, oh, I forgot to tell you one other thing I want to talk about. Oh, well, say it and talk about so it. So you're going to go first, because I did not get to go see Wrath of Khan in the theater. <laughs> and so you need to talk about that experience. Well, you know, I can do it very quickly because I didn't get to go either. The first, <gasps> oh, no. the first night that it that it was on that I was going to go, I had a horrible migraine and I was super sick oh. and I couldn't go. And the second night that they, they did a, a special encore because the first one had been so popular was the same night that I was doing a, a book thing. And um, that was that was actually a little more important. So I missed yes. it, too. And I felt so bad. I really wanted to go. So have you heard, was it just so incredibly popular they're going to do a third one? I hope so. I mean, I was kind of yeah. surprised that they added that second date, but apparently enough people oh. showed up. I'm hoping, um, as you had suggested in a previous show, that that interview with Bill is going to show up somewhere yes. on the internet. Because yes. I'd really like to see what he has to say. So okay, I'm, listeners. I'm couldn't do it. Listeners, this is serious homework. <laughs> we really mean it. If you went... You saw the interview with Bill. You were with a big crowd of people who wanted to see Wrath of Khan. We want to hear all yeah, about it. Somebody please tell us how it was. I'm sure it was fantastic, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure. It's funny. I haven't actually seen any other reviews online. Maybe we, we need to like look around a little bit. Oh, that. yeah. But yeah. I'd rather hear it from one of our listeners, frankly. So. Oh, I absolutely would. They know what we're looking they for. They do. Come on. One, <laughs> one of yous had to go see it. So please write in and tell us or, or yes. record, record a segment. Do a little yeah. uh, Field report, and we'll put it up on the show for sure. We absolutely will. Yeah. Okay, well, there is just so much Star Trek <laughs> right now. I mean, my eyes are like, I, I don't know if I can watch anymore. But, it's yeah. true. Um, this past weekend, in celebration of Discovery being on, Star Trek was on every channel, like marathons <laughs> and marathons. It was on BBC. It was on, I don't know, MeTV or something. There was just a lot of Star Trek. A lot of Star I know. <laughs> Okay, but first we want to talk about something that surprised me. Mm, yes, please. I'm anxious to hear about this. Well, if you were reading any of the the pre-showing stuff of the Orville, mm-hmm. the um, Seth MacFarlane Star Trek, mm-hmm. and the critics were saying, this is so bad, this is so awful, oh my God, how did it get on? But then on Facebook, some people... Whose opinions I trust. We're saying it's good. I like it. So I thought, okay, it's an hour. I can <laughs> take a hit for the team if it's bad. So I watched first episode and I liked it. Ooh. And I don't like Seth MacFarlane at <laughs> all. So Well, that's cool. So what was good about it? What did you like? Well, the thing I like the best is it was like they had filmed a good fanfic. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, Because what it was, you know, there actually was a problem they had to solve, mm-hmm. which they did. You know, they were successful, of course. Um, but everybody on the bridge crew, which is ev- the only people we have met, there's no one else on this ship that I could see, like nobody in the background. But um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> everybody on the bridge is a smart aleck. Mm-hmm. So, so it was reminding me, you know, kind of of some of the stuff I wrote, but more the stuff that Jay Winter wrote. Yeah. And you know, so it was fun. It, and I thought they're really smart. They didn't go for the, ah, ha, ha, we're putting on Star Trek because you're never going to beat Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. Correct. And they didn't, you know, do a fully serious Star Trek. In fact, it, it was not like serious, but like I said, there was a story. There was a problem to be solved. There is a ship <laughs> it's got people on it and they're going on adventures um so i thought it was fine hmm. i think maybe um some of the uh hatred that i saw <clears throat> excuse me was based on the fact that people were expecting it to be a comedy um yes. like a straight up comedy and it wasn't at all mm-hmm. and so it was somewhat misrepresented by the networks 
and yes. that, that caused really misaligned expectations. And I, I could see how that would be disappointing. I mean, if you sit down to watch something and you're like, oh, this is going to be a laugh out loud comedy. And then it's not. You're going to be like, what is going on here? What is this? Well, I had seen something referring to it before it was shown as, well, is this going to be family guy in space? Mm-hmm. And I think that was the expectation yes. for some people. Yeah. And so I'm going to, you know, there's two more episodes up now, maybe more. I'm I'm going to watch them. I'm going to stick with it a while and see, you know, where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the, you know, there, of course, were things you can nitpick, and I'm really not going to, but one of the things that, that, bothered me is um well you know like you said this weekend there was star trek everywhere it was fantastic and um so one of the more beautifully filmed episodes came on and i'm watching it i'm going this is this is what the orville got wrong maybe they don't have the budget but how could you have less budget than tos but anyway tos had such depth in its its lighting and such texture and the orville looked more in the lighting way, but without lens flare, like J.J. Trek. It was all very bright and therefore mm-hmm. all very flat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that that's that's my nitpick. Um, it's it's going to be interesting, I think. And, uh, oh, a couple things that I really got a kick out of. They, they did, of course, some tips of the hat to Star Trek. And they were fun ones. Um, the... Alien, who is like their spot, whatever, um, sounds exactly like Data. Oh, really? Like I was going, is Brett Spiner doing this voice? Mm-hmm. Because he had the right cadence and everything, so that was something. But he looks like a Cyberman. <laughs> hmm. So I got a big kick out of that. And also the one who I'm assuming is like Worf because he's on the bridge, but he's got ridges all over his face and everything like this. And he has a, a deep voice. But the things we learned about his species were just cracking me up. Um, the species is all male. Uh-huh. And they only pee once a year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, little things like that, mm-hmm. you know. Just, you know, and aside, it's not like we're going to, I hope we are not going to have an episode where he goes into PFAR or oh, something, God. you know, and it's time to get him back to his home urinal, whatever. But um, I just thought, you know, because Star Trek did do some really funny, weird things with its aliens, mm-hmm. always. Of course. Always. Yeah, well, that's, what, that's where you get to do those fun things, and that's why mm-hmm. parts of Galaxy Quest were so incredibly funny, you know, mm-hmm. when we get to see... Um, Alexander's reaction to uh, his room and then the stuff that yes. they cut that's in the extended scenes with mm-hmm. the bed and the toilet and all the rest of it and his, and his the dinner. Food. <laughs> yeah, the food, yeah. which was disgusting, yes. So, you know, that's okay. Now, um, one other thing. Um, you and I have not pulled punches at pointing out when Bill has on a really bad toupee, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. No toupee Bill has ever worn that we have seen is worse than the one Seth MacFarlane wears Ooh. all the time. Oh, that's a shame. Well, I've always, well, why, you know, he's making money. Same thing we've said about Bill. You've got the money, get something decent done there. It's horrible. And it's the same one, you know, when he's on a talk show or whatever. Aww. He's got this same horrible one on, unless that's supposed to be a tribute to Bill, which I, I don't think so. Well, that's what I was going to ask is like, maybe that's on purpose. I don't know. It's supposed to be <laughs> no, because I've never seen him with it looking at all believable ever. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that sounds weird. Well, maybe I'll give it a try then. I, I was staying yeah. away from it for the very reasons that you were just citing is that it got, mm-hmm. um, you know, panned in a lot of places. But um, if, if you think it's good, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll give it a try. At least watch the first one. I would love to know, you know, what you think. If you feel like I do, mm-hmm. like it's it's a Star Trek with, a, with snark. Mm-hmm. But the characters are the snark. Mm-hmm. It's not being snarky. Um, at the expense of real Star Trek. Mm-hmm. They're just being smart, Alex. And, the, and, you know, it's full of 20th and 21st century references, like those are still around, just like in fanfic. So it's it's a fun fanfic, I think. Mm-hmm. 
cool. All right, good. Well, thank you, and thanks for watching it to let everybody know. Um, now we have a, a, an informed opinion about the show from an uh, actual right. Star Trek person. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, before we jump to the next topic, that I did watch something else. Now, as we all mentioned in the last show, you know, Hooker, TJ Hooker is on, and I put yes. it on one night, and it just, by pure coincidence, was the episode that Leonard was in. Oh, my God. So I watched it. And well, of course. Um, ev everything about that I said before was confirmed. Like Bill is fun to watch. There's a mm -hmm. ton of goofy stuff about it. You know, Heather Locklear gets nothing to do, and Adrian Zemed's very annoying. The two of them were <laughs> in that episode not much at all. Um, the thing that cracked me up the most, though, is the amount of gratuitous stuff that Bill does. Um, mm -hmm. Shoulder rolls, you know, <gasps> across the hoods of the cars. There was one part where he literally, like, jumped and rolled over a little fence there was absolutely no need for him to do that like <laughs> there were other people running and jumping and he was the one who jumped and then he rolled and I was just laughing and laughing I was like why why did you do that and it was him it wasn't a stunt man it was a hundred percent him um so it was and I have to say it was a disturbing episode so really? um to recap very slightly and people out there who are fans of hooker may remember this the plot is that nimoy plays uh, a higher-up detective like a, a chief and and bill's character hooker they know each other from mm -hmm. you know working together and there's a serial rapist in town um Ooh. and nimoy's daughter is is raped by this man he corners <gasps> her in like a dark uh parking garage and, mm -hmm. and he rapes her and he roughs her up a little bit. And so that causes Nimoy's character to go on a rampage, like, you know, now it's personal kind of deal. Yeah. Um, the guy who is the rapist is identified right at the beginning of the episode. So there's never any question about who it is. So it's not like, oh, it's we thought it was this guy, but now it's this mm -hmm. guy. It's, it's the guy. And he's a lawyer. So he has this history of um, raping women, but getting out of it for various reasons. And eventually... Uh, Nimoy catches up to him in the end and is going to take him out into, you know, um, what's the name of the canyon where they shot the Star Trek episodes? Um, um, I just can't I remember, know. but you know what I mean. I, yeah. know, I know which one you mean. He's, um, he's going to yeah. take him out to Gorn territory and execute okay. him. Um, and Bill pulls up at the last minute and is like, you know, you're going to throw your career away. Don't do it. Don't do it. And he talks him off a ledge and they, and they end up not, you know. He doesn't care. Vasquez rocks. Yeah, God, that's yeah. it. Vasquez rocks. Thank you very much. Okay. So yeah, that's that's where he's going to take this guy and kill him. But he doesn't. And you know, Bill Bill sort of saves the day, and and Nimoy's character has to retire or whatever. And, you know, so but it's it's just a weird show. Like I can't imagine that they had, they came up with these plots without retreading a lot of stuff over however many years it was on. You know, wow, so many so many plots you could do. But Bill's good to watch. You know, he's funny. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they chose to make his character kind of a fuck up in in life. Like he's a really good cop. Mm -hmm. But there's a running joke that his car gets repossessed and he has a bad bank and they keep screwing up his checking account. And, you know, he, he just can't seem to get it together in his life, although he is the most bestest of cops in the world, of course. Hmm. Um, it's just I guess they felt like that was his characterization, right? Like he's good at being a cop, but he's bad at life. And that's why he's yeah. divorced or something. I don't know. Huh. So, so you can only be good at one thing, life or Apparently, pop. apparently. So I don't wow. know. It might be fun for you and me to watch another one. I'll have to look and see if there's one that's particularly outrageous or um, <laughs> has a lot of, uh, you know, overacting or something in it. Okay. Okay. That would be great. So yeah, it was just, it was amazing. I was sitting down and I'm flipping around. It's like, oh, look, Hooker's on. Oh no, it's the one with Leonard. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. Jackpot. <laughs> really? <laughs> Oh, anyway. All right. So that's that. Now. Now, we know you are all waiting for us to talk about Discovery. Yeah. And but we want to talk about something else first. Yeah. We got a little something else to talk about. I thought this got my little gears grinding mm -hmm. as far as ideas. It was an article called, um, or something like, if Quentin Tarantino made a Star Trek movie, what would he make? And it's an interview with him. Mm -hmm. It's not somebody saying, it would be all bloody and everybody <laughs> would swear, but we can assume that's true. Um, he said, he said, I did web spin a little bit about yeah. the idea. That's a weird phrase. I was like, isn't it? 
Yes. It's like like a spider spinning a web, like, mm-hmm. I guess. I, that is not a phrase in English I am familiar with. Right, right. But um, I, first, the first thing he actually says here I thought was very interesting. He says, they might have trapped themselves a little bit by the simple fact that they have to use all the crew mm-hmm. now. Yeah, that was a great observation. Uh, yes, in all the films they've established it so much that you need Uhura, you need Scotty, you need Bones, you need all that stuff going on all the time. Mm-hmm. And once he pointed out, it kind of reminded me of something I read once about Charlie's Angels. That you know, they had three angels, right? And it was a one-hour show, so there's four segments. And the original dictate from the powers that be was there has to be one peril per angel per segment. <laughs> one peril per angel. That's great. I love per that. Per segment. So that's 12 perils uh-huh. in an episode. Later they change it to one peril per angel per episode. <laughs> But it's 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 a similar thing, you know. We've got to have something for Chekhov to do. Mm-hmm. We've got to, you know. So, so uh, that. But what he said is, you know, he thought you could take some of the great classic Star Trek episodes and just easily expand them to ninety minutes or more and really do some really amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, the obvious one would be City on the Edge of Forever. That's what everyone would go to. And there's a reason. It's one of the classic stories of all time and one of the great time travel stories, which it is. But um, he says he thinks one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever written was for Next Gen. And it was yesterday's Enterprise, Mm -hmm. which I thought was, you know, an interesting idea. But it did get me thinking, you know, okay, if they were going to expand... Make a movie of one of the TOS hmm. episodes and expand it, and not in a stupid let's just stretch it out mm-hmm. way, but further develop the plot or something. I came up with an idea for Mirror Mirror. <laughs> Gee, that's where I was going. Okay, tell me your idea. Well, I I think it would have been so interesting um, to see more of what was happening in the Empire. I mean. It, because we only see it for such a short amount of time, it raises all mm-hmm. kinds of questions about yep. the Klingons and the Romulans and how they got to where they are and, and how are the Vulcans fitting in in this? Like, I want, you know, you want to see yes. more about all of that. So you, you could devise any kinds of subplot or flashbacks or history to explain how the Empire got to the point we see it at when it intersects mm-hmm. with, with our, our universe. Okay, that's very interesting. Because my idea is to go into the future of the Empire. Oh. So, you know, our guys, good guys, end up there and, you know, the barbarians with their beards or whatever, (laughs) you know, end up in in our universe. But instead of having to get back within whatever it was, 24 hours, Mm -hmm. they're there like a month or a year Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so during that time, Kirk has to fight to stay alive spend time with Marlena, mm-hmm. um, you know, get to try to reestablish a relationship with Spock. But what I'm thinking is, you know how at the end he says, you know, one man can summon the future and, you know, you should do this. And then when he gets back, he says um, something about that Jim Kirk is going to find some changes. Well, mm-hmm. here's what I thought. Let's say it went on for a year. So he comes up with this elaborate Kirkish plan that he and Spock are going to disrupt the Empire, mm-hmm. knowing that it will, or mainly him, you know, knowing that it will result in his death. But the big, great twist is at the end, just as he's about to be executed, they've timed it perfectly, and there's the switch, and Evil Kirk beams in while Good Kirk beams mm. out, and bam, he's killed. Wow, that's great. That's so cool. You know, so that's my idea. That's great. That sounds, well, I was going to say, this idea of of Kirk being in the Mirror Universe for a longer period of time has been done in fanfic. Like, I've read some of those. but Oh, no, I've read them too, you know. But it focused on the Kirk-Spock relationship, not on the bigger political picture. So I I really like your idea of just um, advancing the plot in that way. Um, mm-hmm. rather than having it be relationship focused. So that's, yeah, I really like that. 
Um, yeah. So now, I don't know, maybe you knew this, but they did revisit the Mirror Universe in Deep Space Nine a couple of times. Um, and they revisited it in, well, I don't think they did in TNG, no, did they? not in TNG. Um, okay. But definitely in DS9. And the, the point there was that because it was further in the future, um, Spock had been successful in, ah. in, in toppling it. Like Kirk got mm-hmm. killed and he assumed. But what happened was that it led to the complete destabilization of the empire and actually made things worse. <laughs> so, um, mm. you know, every, it sort of everything split up into these different factions. and um, Kind of like European history when the various empires fell apart. That's kind of the, I think that's what they were envisioning. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there were still rebels, but it, it was it was worse. It didn't get better. It definitely got worse. And I thought that was a very DS9 take on the situation. Yes. Um, those were great episodes to watch, of course, because the actors were just falling all over themselves to play these outrageously bad characters. And of course. They were wonderful. So I, I love those. Those wow. were so good. <laughs> well, you know, I used to have this really elaborate plot in my head that was just going to be way too long to um, to write out or anything, but Kirk was going to become emperor. Ooh. <laughs> Jack likes that he idea. He agrees, yeah, One that's bark. good. <laughs> but it was like, oh, my God, you know, can't can't just do all this. But, um, yeah. Cool. So, that's very cool. Well, I like that idea. I think that's good. I, I was thinking, you know, what other episodes might be really good? Um, and I think... You know, you could make a good a good movie, I think, out of obsession. Okay. So talk you, more. So <laughs> taking the plot, but I think you could also show um, Kirk's original involvement. Like you could have that be not half <gasps> the movie, but to show oh, what yeah. happened, right? Instead of just yeah. kind of referencing it, you could actually see what really happened the first time, and maybe you could also cut in some other scenes of other. Uh, species or other, you know, be- beings encountering the entity as well, because certainly it's mm-hmm. been around, right? It wasn't just Kirk and company that encountered it. Other people must have too. Um, and, right. and, you know, you could, you could spin it out a little bit longer. I think it would be really good. That's a good idea because the, the episodes I'm being drawn to are the ones that kind of have an open ending, like that mirror thing. We don't know what Spock is going to do, mm-hmm. um, and like they did with TOS, I mean, Spock even said, wouldn't it be interesting to come back in 20 years and, you know, get paid more money and see what they have come up with mm-hmm. uh, at the end of Space Seed, so, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. You know what else could be kind of interesting? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, favorite episodes is um, Doomsday Machine. Oh, yeah. Well, pretty much the first half, I think, could be... Um, almost exactly like it is. But in the second half of the movie, they meet the aliens who built it. <gasps> oh, that would be good. That would be And I have no idea, you know, where it would go. I mean, th- this one got away from them or something. You know, what happened? Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So, um, good listeners... If this is getting you thinking, we really would love to hear your ideas. This is kind of speculation we love to do. Absolutely. So and, please and, join in. And Hollywood producers, come and talk to us because we've got a lot of ideas. Oh, we have the best ideas. <laughs> they are the best ideas. They're the biggest and the best gold-plated ideas you have ever seen ever, in your life. Ever, ever, Let yes. Let me tell you. <laughs> Believe me. Believe me, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just read but it I on did. Twitter, so it must be true. <laughs> must be true. Um, and it had a picture, didn't it? Right? Because yeah. that's how you know it's true. That's right. Um, so anyway, thanks to Quentin Tarantino for giving us such an interesting topic to, you know, have dancing around in our brains and see what we come up with. Yeah, definitely. So cool. Okay. Well, shall we? Yes. So Star you Trek start. Discovery was on last night. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on regular TV. Um I feel like we need to, well, for me anyway, I've, uh, there are things I really liked and there are some things I didn't like. 
Uh, and so maybe we do, uh, what is it, the shit sandwich, where you do the good stuff and then the bad stuff and then the good stuff at the end? <laughs> okay, do you want to give your overall impression or do you want to save that for the end? Mm. Like, you know, a thumbs up, thumbs down thing? I think I'd like to save that for the end because I may be okay. influenced by things that you have to say. So, And the same goes here. Yeah. So, okay, you go first. Well, the biggest thing for me, which I was really afraid of, was that it was going to seem like a fan film. And mm-hmm. it, it didn't. It totally right. didn't feel like a fan film. It felt it like not. actual science fiction on television. So that was a huge relief. Like, phew, it's not, you know, something that got made on a back lot somewhere in Ticonderoga. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like they, they really did it. So I like that. Um, I thought the actors generally were really good. Um, you know, some, some mm-hmm. good acting happening there. Um, there, I was... <laughs> Well, here, here's a bad thing, which was that I didn't realize until I sat down to watch it that it was part one of a two-part opening thing, and mm-hmm. it got to the end, and then I found that the part two was only on All Access, and that really pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I, you and a whole lot of other people, but, you know. So that was annoying. Like, uh-huh. I, I wanted to see what happened, because it felt like things were just getting started at the end yes. of that first hour, and it was like, come on, really? Now mm-hmm. I have to go pay money to see it? I don't even know if I really like it or not yet, and you're making me wait, so oh. that was annoying. Mm-hmm. So those were my big things. What about you? You go. Oh, well, I'm going to start getting, I really like those opening credits. <gasps> me too. Oh, and can I just say, this sounds so goofy, but when... They, when the ship appeared and they played mm-hmm. those stabs of the original music as yes. they were standing in the desert, I started to cry. <laughs> I really. Well, I know did. that. I know that I like got got a, a major shiver. I, I really did, and in the very end of the opening credits, when they play the actual theme, I got yes. very teary. Like I wasn't I, expecting that, and I just went, "Oh my God, it's Star Trek!" And yeah. So that's what happened to me. <laughs> you know what else I liked about it was, um, you know, it's very different from any of the other ones we've ever seen. Yeah. But, you know, that it was it was um, like engineer drawings of mm. the various Star Trek things. Yeah. And I thought, now that's very interesting to me because it is hearkening back to our time when, when we were young in the 60s and these things were first being designed. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like, and it moves us forward because it showed how, you know, it was like the Kirk phaser. And mm-hmm. then it turned over to become whatever their weapon mm-hmm. is. And I thought that was really good. I liked that a lot. Yeah, that, that was neat. Um, maybe because this was sort of a Game of Thronesy thing. I like the Klingons mentioning their 24 warring houses. <laughs> but I also thought that, and I don't know if it was intended this way, but I'm taking it as that's explaining why they all have the different ridges. Mm-hmm. I think you that's, know, that, yep, that's right. That each house developed its own aesthetic and plastic surgery or, or what, whatever. Yeah, but we didn't see any Klingons that looked like the ones we saw in TOS. No, there were no smooth ones. Yeah, so, so uh, I don't know. Mm, okay, um, I loved, loved that there were two women in charge, oh, the captain yes. and the first officer. Because I was thinking of uh, somebody asked, I believe it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, how many women do you <laughs> think should be on the Supreme Court? And she said nine. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was good. You that know, and it was good. like... And nobody's going, well, it's two women, you know. I mean, we don't have anybody balancing the womanness or something. <laughs> and I liked their relationship, that the captain was older and wiser. Mm-hmm. But that didn't mean the first officer was, was stupid and green mm-hmm. and, and, and naive. I'm trying to look. Um, who, okay, okay. Oh, okay, maybe I'm just being stupid here. Um, remember how for months now they've been saying, and this is going to start off with an episode that ever, or an incident that every Trekkie knows. Yeah. I'm going, am I the bad Trekkie who doesn't know what the incident is? Me too. I was like, am I supposed to know about this? Because I don't remember this. I don't remember it either. Yeah. And then they said that thing about... Um, hardly anyone has seen a Klingon in the last hundred years. And I was like, mm-hmm. really? Is that canon? I don't remember that. Because um, th- when they see, when Kirk sees the Klingons, 
Uh-huh. They're not surprised. They're just like, oh, it's Klingons, you know? It, it's, right. There's no, right. Like, yeah. we don't know what they look like or we haven't encountered them. And <clears throat> maybe this series is about how that happens. I don't know. But that that line seemed a little weird to me. Okay, good. Because I was, you know, going, okay, I was thinking there would be something where the light bulb would go off <laughs> for me. And it didn't. So I felt like uh, the... the um, the dopey person. No, no, I didn't get it either. Um, awful lot of aliens on that ship, so that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. I mean, uh, I under so th- now I have to make the distinction between um, me in the Star Trek universe and me outside of the Star Trek universe. Like, I know why they didn't do it in TOS because they couldn't afford mm-hmm. the makeup for the aliens. But within the universe of TOS, it is a little weird that this ship ten years before. TOS has all of these aliens and they're aliens that don't look very familiar. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not Andorians and they're not Tellarites and like, who are they? Where did they come from? Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. think Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, Starfleet was that uh, open to other species at that time. It, it never seemed to be implied in TOS that there were a lot of other aliens in Starfleet. Like they existed, mm-hmm. but they weren't in Starfleet. Yeah, and it, it was always a big deal that, you know, Spock was the only Vulcan in Starfleet, but I think it was not just that he was the only Vulcan. I think it was that there weren't that many um, aliens. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think it's Ozette Boer has the line in um, Undiscovered Country about your your humans only country club. That's or right. Something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and that's a problem they are going to run into over and over. And mm-hmm. earlier today, I was thinking of some specifics things I saw that in this episode that could develop into things that are going to trip them up. Of course, I'm not getting any of it. But speaking of the prosthetics and the makeup on the aliens, I'll tell you one of the things I do not care for is that at least when it was, you know, pretty much foreheads only mm-hmm. or just a few marks or something, you could still, in most cases, still see the actors' faces and they could have emotions and they could yeah. move their mouths. Yes. And when I saw these Klingons who all pretty much looked like they had full headgear, mm-hmm. I was going, well, okay, so all they can play is whatever noises they can make, so they're always going to sound angry to us or yeah. something. I, it's really limiting for an actor, I think. Um, <sighs> you know, they have to be kind of extraordinary voice actors to do that. Now, yes. the, the guy who plays um, the science officer, and I've completely blanked on his name, um, He's he was good. Like even though he had a full head prosthetic on, mm-hmm. um, I thought he did a really good job of conveying emotion with his voice and his body language and mm-hmm. with his eyes as much as he could. I think he does a lot of voice acting, so it's kind of something mm. that he's used to. Um, but there were other like, did you catch that there was that one person on the bridge who had like a a robot head? Um, it was a uh, humanoid, and their head was like a big box with blinky lights that looked kind of like Nomad. And I thought, hmm. No, I, I, am, I'm, I must have blinked on that part. Yeah, so that uh, was, I saw someone online call that the Daft Punk uh, crew member, <laughs> which was pretty funny. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, so I agree with you that the, the use of all those prosthetics is very difficult to give the actors some, some room to do mm-hmm. their acting. Uh, let's see. I So, again, stepping outside the series, I understand that they want it to look cool and all that. I still have no idea how they're going to get from the look and feel of this to TOS. Like, yes. Th- that's I mean, not going to happen. It's just... Like, I mean, TOS still had switches you flipped. Exactly. And, you know, this is more... Yeah, you know, yeah. when they had a conference, it was on the little TV in the conference room. They didn't have holograms that came. I know, like, yeah. That's super cool and all that, and I really like it. But so I'm I'm having to stop myself to have that reaction every time uh-huh. there's a piece of technology that's way in advance of you know Voyager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just say, yeah. Wait a minute, this is ten years before. Okay, whatever. I'm just gonna go with it. I'm not gonna get hung up mm-hmm. on it. Um, so here's the thing I didn't like controversial okay. i don't like sarek <laughs> i don't either what are your reasons my reasons are that he is way too american and way too human and ah yes so i do not like his enunciation one of the things i loved about mark leonard was the mm-hmm. fact that he spoke 
like English was not his first language a little bit. Mm-hmm. He was very crisp. He was very dry in his enunciation. And he was like Nimoy was in his portrayal. He wasn't devoid of emotion, but he was so calm and still. And this Sarek has emotion written all over his face and it's in his voice. Mm-hmm. And, and even in his body language, like he's not a Vulcan, man. He is not a classical Vulcan. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for me. Um, my my reason for instantly disliking him is very silly, <laughs> but he looks like Phil Dunphy. Who's Phil Dunphy? The dad on Modern Family, <laughs> who's okay. so so bumbling. So it's like Phil Dunphy dressed up as Sarek mm-hmm. for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm with you on you know all the other things. And here's one of the things that puzzled me. It's it was never made really that clear to me how far. This episode was taking place from any place, mm-hmm. anything familiar like Earth or Vulcan. And when, um, I'm not going to know their names for at least five more episodes, <laughs> but when First Officer mm-hmm. went went off into a corner and, and you know, tried to place a long-distance call and had to give a, a special code and everything, it's like, bam, Sarek was right there. And I'm going, what kind of technology is that, that yeah. there's no delay? But also it's like, what was he, sitting by the phone? <laughs> Yes, I thought that too. He was just waiting for it to come in. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, And I just see that whole part of her character as completely unnecessary. Mm -hmm. So this is like, okay, they've got an arc, you know, stuff's going to happen. I get that a lot of this is probably set up and I really hope it pays off. Like this Boy, thing, I hope so too. <laughs> yeah, so whatever they're, they're doing with Sarek and the Vulcans, I really, really hope it pays off in a big way and it wasn't just there to, you know, be fan service in some way because that's going to suck if it is. Yeah, so yeah. going to be well, helpful. And, you know, I know I do and I think you kind of do too when it comes to Star Trek. We tend to overthink these things. <laughs> really? But us? Oh, that never us. happens. <laughs> no, yes. Um, why, when she was little and her parents were killed and whatever, why was she adopted or whatever by Vulcans? Mm-hmm. There were no humans and no humans objected saying, this is a human child. She cannot be raised somewhere where she's going to be taught to suppress her emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no I idea. Mean, yeah, and so that that just made no sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's a, I don't know. I'm I'm just going. There might, there could have been five billion better candidates for that that were human. Yeah, and then the thing I want to know is how did she get into Starfleet? Like like how did that work? Did she go to the Vulcan Science Academy and then go to Starfleet like Spock did? I don't know. Like I, I hope that gets explained at some point. You know because. You can't be an officer, as we know, unless you've been to Starfleet Academy. So when did she go to Starfleet Academy? Well, yeah. Um, I'm glad she's not playing it Vulcan. Mm -hmm. You know, she's very human. She's very warm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going, her performance is negating that plot point. Yeah. And I, I, I like her. I do, too. I think she's really good. I like... I like that they didn't try to replicate any of the previous dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not a Kirk Spock relationship. It's not right. a Hard Riker relationship. It's not a Janeway Chakotay relationship. You know, it, it, they've made this something different. And I like that the mm-hmm. captain is not like all any of the other captains. You know, she's got a little bit of Kirk in her, which I like. Yes. Um, she's got a little bit of Janeway in her, which I like. Um, you know, she's... She's a nice blend of different things. And to me, she seems very captainly. Like, Oh, she really yeah. did. I mean, just that whole calm while she's in charge, you know, mm-hmm. just making those snap decisions and giving the orders, but not screaming them out in hysterics or anything. Just, you know, you do this, you do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved it. I, I loved that, that part of it. And, and you could see that the crew is very loyal to her as the mm-hmm. captain, you know, that, that whole crazy scene at the end when um, the first officer Burnham, number one, when Thank she, you. Yeah, when she comes <laughs> out and she's trying to convince them that the captain's like, it's cool to fire on them. And they're like, uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, no. That's yeah. That doesn't sound good. like the captain. Yeah. That doesn't sound like our captain. So that was pretty good. Now, yes. 
when she gave the captain the Vulcan neck pinch, <laughs> I went, what? Are we going to jam all of this into one episode? You know, we got Sarek, we got neck yeah. pinches. Like, I didn't think humans could do that. Well, yeah, wasn't that sort of... Was I don't know if it was ever said, but I got the idea that it was sort of because it was, you know, you did it with your hands, that it was sort of related to mind meld. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't matter... If you get your fingers, if you're a human or something else, mm-hmm. exactly on the melt points, you don't have whatever it is that, that you know, picks that up. Yeah. You know, it's like a radio signal or something. You know, if, if it's not plugged in, you can play with that <laughs> dial all you want, and you're not going to hear any song. See, I always thought that the neck pinch was related to the fact that Vulcans uh, have a lot of strength in their hands, and that because mm. their hands are so sensitive... That they mm-hmm. know the exact, like they can feel, maybe that's the radio wave part, they can sort of yeah. feel the exact spot of the nerves that they need to, to press on yeah. the neck and the shoulder to make it happen. But did we ever see anybody but a Vulcan do it? Did Data ever do it? I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't think so either. So that was weird. And I kind of just like jumped off the couch and went, did I just see what I thought I saw? Yeah. And I think to a certain extent, and it's going to be really difficult for old timers like you and me, we have to let some of that stuff go. Yep, I know. But it's going to jump out at us, you Mm -hmm. know, until this world is more, more fully built. Uh, I think they're off to a good start. I think so too. I am hoping that, um, we get to spend more time with the characters. Now, I will say that um, I had read that some of the characters that we're meeting in these first two episodes aren't going to be there through the whole series. So I don't know if that means they're going to die or we're. Oh, well, I read something about, you know, you know, I, I started reading something before I realized, hey, this is, you know, not just dealing with this first episode. And they were saying, yeah, it was strange to see, you know, main characters die already. And I was like, what? What? Okay, I'm not reading anymore because uh I just want to want to you know see the stories that unfolds and I'm I'm that way with you know all my shows I will not read anything spoilery about Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. ever I want to just see what happens and be be stunned or or whatever I'm going to feel Mm -hmm. you know I any of these um soap (laughs) opera-ish you know whatever you want to call them these long drawn out arcs I want to go on, go on that ride. That's what I want to do. I completely agree. So, yeah, I've been staying away from anything, all kinds of spoilers, all kinds mm-hmm. of uh, reading. I just want to see it and form my own opinions at this point. Yeah. And maybe after the season is over, go back and read what other people have to say about it. Well, after an episode's been up, I'll go and read a lot of stuff about it mm. just to see what people are saying. But, you know... All these things about what you can expect this week. I'm and I'm like, no, no, no tell me, you know, tell me. unless you're going to be the one sentence blur, blurb that says nothing like they used to have in TV Guide. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Kirk yeah. meets an alien. Oh, my God. Now I can't watch it. You know, it's going to happen on Star Trek. They're going to meet aliens. Oh, no. <laughs> Complete departure from the plot. Yes. <laughs> um. So um, one other thing that I noticed that delighted me was that they kept the same bridge sound effects, which was super yes. cool, and the swishy yes. sound, which was also very cool. And, like, and I don't know if you noticed this, but I did. They mixed in bridge effects from TOS and TNG. Yes, I, I yes. could hear it. Yeah, it was, so mm-hmm. it, was, it was very, very nice. So thank you guys for doing that. That made yeah. me feel pretty darn cool. <laughs> neat. <laughs> And, you know, there was one moment for me, kind of the highlight of this, and this was just a small moment, but um, when Burnham has to get in that spacesuit to go to look at the, mm-hmm. the thing and the, the thrusters go and it's pushing her forward and she's kind of scared and startled at first and then she laughs. Yes. I, that was wonderful. That was such a good thing. And she did that exactly right. And I thought that's Star Trek right there. Well, I, yeah, you know, now that you mentioned I'm, I'm thinking that's why you go into Starfleet. You want to be scared and delighted. Exactly. And it, and it, even better if it's the same thing that does it. I thought that was, yeah, yeah very, It, it very was a, cool. very much a risk is our business kind of moment <sighs> right there. And, yes. yeah, and I thought, yay, that's Star Trek. I'm happy. I'm so happy mm-hmm. about this. So, um, you know, I, 
I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence as to how much I like it. Like, I like it so far. I didn't think mm-hmm. it was boring. Um, I thought it was a lot of setup for whatever's coming next. And so, you know, series tend to do that when they're first starting. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing yeah. to put up with a bit of setup. Now, if we get to episode four and they're not deep in the middle of this plot and getting all the pieces <laughs> in motion, I'm going to be pretty annoyed. Well, um, I was thinking today... Of the pilots, the Star Trek pilots that I watched when they were first on, which does not include TOS, um, this is by far the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, TNG's pilot was, was terrible. such a yawn fest. Yep. Um, DS9, I know I watched it. I don't remember a thing about it. I watched it recently, and it's not good. Like, DS9 okay. didn't get good until season two or three. It took a while. Okay. Uh, Voyager, I had to bail on halfway through because I could not take... Kate Mulgrew's voice. <laughs> and then uh, Enterprise, I watched, I forced myself to watch that first hour. Mm-hmm. And that tells you all you need to know about it. But, you know, here's the thing. Um, I was reading a thing. That the, the, the Star Trek pilots ranked, and, of course, they counted Where No Man as the pilot because mm. that's what sold the show. Mm-hmm. And that was like head and shoulders above the rest. And, and it said, here's the thing. It was a pilot. And look at how fully form the plot is there's there's personal stakes there's stakes for the galaxy and you know it just moves forward and the tension keeps building and I thought yeah really you know that is I mean it's a it's an outstanding episode but when you consider that's the pilot Mm -hmm. it's really um yeah special in that way it really arrived fully formed you know, mm-hmm. like what what changed about Star Trek and Starfleet from that first episode? Nothing. <laughs> Except the outfits. Except the, the uniforms. That was it. And Spock's performance yeah. changed a little bit. But aside from mm-hmm. that, nothing ever changed, right? It's yep. the same universe. It's the same everything. Kirk is the same guy. You know? Oh, there's a different doctor. But yeah. um, Kirk and Spock have, you know, you could see the relationship isn't fully formed mm-hmm. yet. But you can see it developing and going that way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it's there. I, so I, I was trying, you know, with this, with Discovery, I, I was trying to not set my expectations that high. Like, we're going to be thrown mm-hmm. into this and, and we're going to perceive everything. They obviously have to do some some backfilling, right, to let you yes. know the relationship between some of these characters. And, you know, um, God, what the hell is his name? The science officer. I don't know. Played by like Doug said, Jones. I don't Doug even know Jones. his name. Okay. He's an alien. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, this this thing about, you know, my species was bred as prey, and I can sense, <gasps> sense that. Oh, him, I, yeah. You know, okay. I was like, okay, I guess. You know, I, I always get a little iffy when it's that sort of like, I can sense things happening. Right, and like he said, so our whole purpose evolved into sensing death. Yeah, like, really? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I and I sense death nearby. That's a little too Deanna Troy for me. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, that's the, the time when I don't like um, things. Saru, that's his name. Um, oh, okay. So I had to look it up. Uh, you know, when, when we start getting away from the, the science-y stuff into, you know, the magic-y stuff. It's the woo-woo. The woo-woo stuff, yeah. You know, <laughs> what do you have, the force or something? What, what yeah. do you mean we can sense death? Like, if they actually explore that in some future episode about how they can, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. I'd love to know more yeah. about that instead of just some hand-wavy mm-hmm. explanation that says we yeah. can sense death coming. I just really, really want them to... Continue on their path and sort of wean us away from uh, TOS familiarity. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be nice to see those things. They're kind of like little little um, signposts, little comfort things for mm-hmm. you know us old people. But I don't. I I really do not want TOS characters popping up every week. Please. And, you know, the, the transporter going out every other week. And did you notice that they, um, I hope I'm not getting my shows mixed up, that they don't have a transporter, they use a shuttle? No, or am I thinking of the Orville? Okay, I'm thinking of the Orville. No, no, they the or- Okay, the Orville has a shuttle. <laughs> they definitely have a transporter. Um, oh, okay, then that's where their whole budget went. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, I will say I was happy to see that some things never change in Starfleet, which is that when they got involved in this battle, um, mm-hmm. the consoles blew up with a lot of sparks <laughs> and people fell out of their chairs. So yes. that was good. I was like, yeah, yes. no seatbelts <laughs> and sparks, lots and lots of sparks. <laughs> there was a great joke in now that I'm thinking of what it was, the Orville, <laughs> where... um. They were able to escape somebody mainly by putting the brakes on real suddenly. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, because we have seatbelts. They even said, because we have seatbelts. <laughs> That's great. That's very funny. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping I will, you know, not get my, my <laughs> get session wannabe mixed things mixed up. And I'll, you know, start talking about, oh, there was this great gag. And you'll go, no. Oh. But, um, yeah. <laughs> um, it was also, you know, I, I again, Stepping outside the show, it's cooler to have the people standing around at their stations on the bridge. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, TOS, every goddamn ship that we saw, everybody's sitting down on the bridge. So Yeah. And you know Kirk's Bridge? This is going to sound really stupid, but it was cozier. Oh, it was cozier. They're awfully yeah. spread out, don't you think? I Yeah, I agree. And, and there's no astrogators, so, you know. <laughs> it was a little dark. <laughs> And um, yeah. I will say I was quite annoyed at the amount of lens flare. Mm, yeah, there yeah. was definitely lens flare happening, and I hope that that was like a one-time thing because we yes. do not need to do that in every yeah. episode. Thank you very much. Got enough of that mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So I guess on the whole, I'm going to give it a thumbs up for now. Um, I am too. I want to see what develops. Yep. Um, I with it, reserve the right to change my opinion if it doesn't really start rocking and rolling in a couple episodes. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing with these, um, is it serial? Is that the word I'm looking for? These, you know, shows that have like one through plot for the whole mm-hmm. season. I noticed this in almost every season of Game of Thrones, the first two or three episodes, I'm like, get on with it. But they're setting up everything. And they have not quite 24 warring houses, but they do have a lot of them. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of a given, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. it's not episodic. It's I, not, okay, we encountered the problem, we solved the problem, roll the credits, I was you know? just going to say that, yeah. So that's like a huge difference, right, in the way TV mm-hmm. used to be in the way it is now. If you're going to set up a giant story arc, there's a lot of background you need to throw at people pretty quickly mm-hmm. and yes. not have it turn into the exposition police mm-hmm. where you're going to be bored to death as people yeah. sit there explaining what's happening to you. So since that's their direction, I'm, I'm cutting them some slack on doing yeah. a lot of setup here. Um, you know what did really efficient setup, I thought, uh-huh. was um, not the old, old one, but uh, the, uh, Battlestar Galactica, uh-huh. which started with a two-hour TV movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it had been on a couple seasons before friends of mine talked me into watching it, but they said, but you've got to watch that first because nothing will make any sense if you don't. <laughs> so I did, but it hooked me right away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to me that was, you know, things happened right away. We got going. We got a little bit of the history here and there, but just kept moving forward. And it made it very, very exciting. I mean, they, that they had to make all these decisions within seconds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Based on almost no information, which, you know, upped the ante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to to really pull you in to be with those characters as they're doing whatever it is Mm -hmm. they're doing. Um, Here's an interesting thing. So did you notice that the one Klingon... Um, by the way, I was really happy that they had them speaking Klingon with subtitles. That was kind of yes, cool. Yes, that I, was I wa- cool. I wanted to write to, to Mark to ask him, Okran, to see if um, yeah. he had any kind of approval or what he thought about the Klingon that they used in there just to see. Yes, did he, did he write the translation? I don't know. I, I don't know that he had anything to do with it. So I wanna, yeah. I'm going to ask him. I will write an email. Didn't he sort of... Uh sidestep it when we tried to ask him about if you yes. had any involvement yes so <laughs> so now i'm gonna write i him think again. he was under non-disclosure yeah, yeah. we'll see what he says but okay uh, one one of the klingons was named Redjack, and i was like really is that it like a little nod to um, wolf in the fold oh, that, i know i was thinking that and then and, and i thought is this going to go somewhere or was that just mm-hmm. a, a you know, a little a joke, really. Mm-hmm. So that was weird. Like I kind of sat up really straight and went right. Yeah, back. like a Klingon whose name doesn't start with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. Mm. So many, many things to ponder. Um, yes. We will be watching it and reporting on it. So I guess um, if you don't want to be spoiled, we'll we'll say when we're going to talk about another episode. So you can skip yeah. it if, if you don't, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, because <laughs> we'll be doing all the plot points that go along with it. Um, so and I'm going to apologize in advance for something. Yes. Um, one of my uncles was named... Orville, and that's what we called him. That is the Minnesota pronunciation, Orville. And I notice on the show they call it the Orville. Uh And I'm really trying to to pronounce it their way when I'm talking about that ship, but it's too many years of Orville. So, you know, if you're going, Kitty doesn't know how to speak (laughs) English anymore. It's Minnesota. Oh, it's Minnesota, you know. It's Minnesota, you know. It's fine. It's he fine. was a good fella. He was a heck of a good uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Uh, so Discovery was on last night. The other mm-hmm. episode, part two, I guess, of the opener is now available on All Access. And I guess they're just going to drop them every Sunday from now on. Uh, and if you subscribe, you know, I guess wait. you could wait till the end and watch them all at once if you want to do uh-huh. it. That's how it's yeah. happening. So not the Netflix model where the whole season drops at once. you got to wait every yeah. time as they release Well, I'm thinking um, probably in a few weeks I'm going to do my free one month of Hulu so I can watch all of Handmaid's Tale. Ah, uh-huh. Because that book just blew me away and terrified me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm one of those people who loves books that break my heart or you know, things like that. Yep. So um, I, I really want to see what they did with it, but I didn't want to pay for Hulu for months on end. <laughs> no one wants to pay for these things. I know. We're so, we just want it for free. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. All right. But well, yeah, I, I'm with you. I will give it a thumbs up for now, not even a tentative thumbs up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, you know, I will be looking forward to, to seeing where this goes. Me too. Very much and I'm, so. I'm giving it much more of a chance than I gave any of the others. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> totally agreed. So now, listeners, this is your chance to weigh in and let us know mm-hmm. what you think. So we would love to get a conversation going with what you thought about the, the opener, parts one and possibly part two, if you've seen part two. And, and let's hear what you have to say. You know, if you didn't like it, tell us why. And we'll think yes. about that and address it. If there were things you really did like that we haven't talked about, let us know that too. And if you picked up, you know, Easter eggs or jokes or anything else that was a TOS reference, let us know. Because I would yeah. like to know these things. That would be good. I started reading one article today before I stopped myself. But like in the first sentence, they said um, something about, you know, Star Trek Discovery smashed the Bechdel test in the first minute. <laughs> I was like, yes! Yeah, that's really good. And and there's a, a navigator uh, who's an, another woman on the bridge, so mm-hmm. there you go. It's good. Very good. And there's no little hints of romance. Oh, so thank God for that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, even TNG, we had to, you know, put up with Riker and, and Deanna, you know, yeah. sort of making eyes on the, at each other and then not and then more. You know, it was like, okay, right, we don't get need it. that. Yeah, let's just yeah. dispose of that. Um, okay, before we finish, I want to say one thing that made me laugh. Um, Adam Savage from Mythbusters has a podcast series that's being hosted by the Sci-Fi Channel. Okay. Uh, it was, I didn't even know they had a, a podcast series. and I think it's Is called, it a video podcast? No, or? it's just okay. audio, and I think it's okay. called Origin Stories, and it's him interviewing a bunch of people about um, media, you know, comic books mm-hmm. and movies and things like that. And he talked to Jonathan Frakes, and I love Frakes, so I listened yes. to it. And it's a very good interview, although it's quite short. It's only half an hour. And, Ooh. you know, geez, he could talk for hours and hours about Star Trek and mm-hmm. on all his acting experience. But he said one thing which I thought was just so funny and so Frakes when um, Adam Savage said to him, when did you start to get interested in directing on, on TNG? And he said, well, you know, Adam, after being on the show for a couple of months, I realized that I was probably about the fifth best actor. <laughs> <laughs> And then I thought, I really should find out about directing. So um, <laughs> it's just so self-effacing, you know, like and yeah. so specific. I was the fifth best actor. <laughs> well, you know, I can see actors sitting around and kind of looking at each other going, who 
yeah, am I better than that guy? No, not really, but I'm better than her, you know. Just, yeah, you do that. You don't share it with each other, but. Anyway, that just cracked me up. So if, if you are interested in hearing some fun stories, I, I encourage everybody to go. It's on iTunes, and uh-huh. I think it's called Origin Stories, and it's on the Sci-Fi Network here. You could just look for Adam Savage, and the Frakes interview is particularly good. Oh, good. That's great to hear. Yeah, love him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, I think next time probably we will have watched the second episode so we could talk about that and all the other Star Trek stuff that's happening. And Bill's been very busy, too. So there will be. I know. Uh, we haven't really even talked about Bill, except he was at the premiere. He was. That's right. Yes. He and, and Elizabeth. I saw mm-hmm. him in pictures. He looked good. Mm-hmm, he did. And I believe that the next season of Better Late Than Never is going to be on soon. Oh, everything is starting up. It is. It's all It's all oh. happening, man. It's all happening. Man, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we are so coming in at almost exactly an hour. That's fantastic. So listeners, write in. Let us know what you thought about Discovery, and, and let's start talking about it and see where it's going to go. And if anybody else watched the Orville. Yes. You know, yay or nay, whatever your, your feelings were about that, and... What episode would you extend into a movie, and how would you yes, do it? definitely. Let's hear Lots of homework this time. Lots and lots of homework. All right. Thank you for listening, guys, and we will talk to you soon. Good night. Bye.